Okay, cool, cool. All right. <clears throat> What's going on, people? What's good, family? Had a bit of technical difficulties, but we are here, so glad that you are joining us today. And I'm excited, as always, because I get the opportunity to share with you some ways that you can implement in your life, whether it's related to, you know, nutrition or just personal care um, or just even um, just a word of encouragement. And so that's what I'm here for. Hope that you can take it and apply it some way in your life. And so I hope that you enjoy this segment. And also, don't be a stranger. Make sure you like this page or, you know, add a comment. You know, if you like the content or if you have a question about anything, you definitely want to you know, follow up with you um, because I do want this to be two-way, not just only one way. But um, as I share this information, I hope that you really enjoy it. So today, yes, I'm going to share with you five cooking tips that you can actually implement. And I'm going to preface this by saying these are tips for you to consider. Now, I know a lot of people will tell you that you should do this or you should do that. But I'm not going to be that way. You know, we're going to change it up a bit. You know, these are, you know, different tips or techniques that I implement that I found that really helped me and as well as, you know, for my health overall. So I not only look at, you know, if I'm preparing the food the way that it's going to taste, but I also think about the implications of, you know, once I do consume it based on this cooking technique, you know, is it going to give me the best um, the best value in terms of not adding, you know, a health um, issue to my body, you know, if I'm doing it a certain way over time. So these are some tips that you can actually implement. And again, these are tips for you to consider. Okay. So, you know, you more than welcome to apply these however you see fit, or if you just don't see any value, that's okay. But, you know, I want to share these with you so you can find some value in them. Okay. Number one is I typically resort to steaming, you know, the opportunities that I can get or boiling. And I find that those two um, between steaming and boiling give me the best results, especially from cooking vegetables. Um, my better preference would be steaming because, you know, typically I may steam for like 10 to 15 minutes just to soften up the vegetables, but then also you know, so that they can maintain a, a, a crispiness or crunchiness to them, but making sure that I don't overcook them. And so that's why I like to steam it because it's uh, it's going to be a, a less intensive way of applying heat to the vegetables. And then if I don't do steaming, then mainly what I do is boiling. And <clears throat> even if I boil, I do try to be mindful of how long I'm cooking the food. Because I know if you're cooking vegetables, uh, it's easy to overcook them. You know, when you look at um, greens, for example, sometimes people, they may cook greens to their almost, you know, light green. Um, or I wouldn't say, well, yeah, lighter green, because sometimes it can be dark green. And you just then cook the, um, the color out of <laughs> that green. And I realized that I want to make sure, because you do have essential nutrients you know, in a lot of vegetables. And a lot of people don't realize, but the longer you cook that, the more that you are denaturing the nutrient. So if it has, let's say a thousand milligrams of vitamin A or um, of potassium, 
you know, just a rough number is an example. But if you cook it over time, let's say over um, 15, even 30 minutes, you know, you could only get probably like 500 milligrams of that. And so these are just things that I keep in mind because, like I say, if you are trying to get certain nutrients, you know, from foods, then, you know, how long you cooking it can play a role in how much you actually retain or that you actually receive from the food. So I would say between boiling and steaming, um, many other techniques that you could use, um, but those are typically two that I typically go with. Um, if I do use a pan, like to pan fry, I'm also aware of, you know, um, just how long I cook as well, because it's easy to overcook. And again, you want you may want to consider not detaturing your foods and you know, make sure that you can receive the best um, and the full nutrients from those foods. So I would say that's one tip. Um, if you can, for fruits and vegetables, you know, <clears throat> consider boiling or steaming um, or even poaching, which I haven't used heavily, but I know that that's also another option. So number two is when it comes to grilling, um, grilling or even like if you pan frying, you know, one thing, one of the things that I didn't realize, but I also implemented was, you know, the exposure that your food is towards like the smoke. So sometimes if you're grilling, a lot of people like the, <clears throat> the char taste, or I've heard that, you know, different people say, well, if this is not, you know, have a, I guess, a, enough char on it, you know, you don't have to even be grilling the food. Um, you could just be pan frying it or even baking it and sometimes people say i need to see a little bit more darkness or crispiness to it sometimes that can be i would say a liability if you're consuming that a lot and the reason why is because you have to realize that if the food is charred of course nobody wants to eat burnt food and you shouldn't because you know <clears throat> you ingesting you know burnt food is almost similar to smoking because that is what you're putting into your body, ash. And you have to realize, like, if you're eating that over and over again, that can have an effect on your lungs. And it can just also cause different health implications, you know, with that, just even the the odor of it. Um, I know there's a term called heterocyclic amines, um, and that's essentially a, um, a class of carcinogens or <clears throat> I want to say compounds um, that can occur in meats, you know, that are typically, I want to say burnt, but they can have a slight charness to them. And so when that occurs, you know, and like I say, if you're consuming that over and over again, like meat that has like a crispiness to it, or even if it's like grill marks, you know, if you're consuming that over and over again, it could have um, an impact on your overall health. And so, like I said, you want to be mindful of that. And so one of the things that I've implemented, and again, this is just something for you to consider, but, you know, if I do decide, hey, you know, I want to grill and, you know, I may want to have um, some of that slight smoky flavor to it, but still, you know, not having it directly exposed. You know, typically what I do is use um, some foil and I try to wrap it up real good. And, Typically, that way, you know, I've enjoyed food better because I don't have to, you know, deal with the 
um, the char grill marks. So sometimes I just like to enjoy the food whole, but then I just also like to cook it. And so I've done that for different vegetables, um, even some lean meats um, in the past that I've used. And I would say that I've enjoyed that better even after eating the food. Um, I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with myself, you know, or I felt like there was a health issue. So again, that's something for you to consider if you are grilling, you know, you can use that approach, you know, whether you um, <clears throat> use foil to wrap up your food um, and then you can cook it that way. So that way, you know, your food is not being directly exposed to smoke, especially if you're using charcoal. Um, if you're using propane, it may be slightly different, but still, um, regardless of which method you use, you, you may want to avoid doing a lot of charred foods, especially often. Now, if you're doing it every once in a while, then that could be better. But again, just something for you to consider, um, because like I said, I don't want anyone to have any health issues. And so these are things, like I said, I research um, and want to share with you um, so that way you can um, implement that. So, so far, we covered steaming, um, if you're doing vegetables or even boiling, and then we talked about grilling, um, as well as, you know, pan frying. You know, if you are, you know, pan frying meats, you know, sometimes people may want to have like a little char to that. Um, but again, you know, if you're doing that over time and you're consuming that char, even if it's, you know, light char, it doesn't even have to be a heavy char, but even if you're getting into your body, you know, that can have an impact on, you know, just your ability to breathe, um, you know, with your lungs, getting fresh air. And so it's just something for you to consider. Even baking, you know, um, when you are putting food in the oven, you know, if it if you typically like to see a charging food, then that can also be another source of, you know, um, just a carcinogen that could be present or essentially where your food is burning you consume like the dark part um, or the ashy part. And like I say, it doesn't have to be meats. It can even be vegetables. But if you consume that um, ash, even if it's a small amount, that can still play a role on your overall health. So, you know, essentially you don't want to overcook your food. Um, and like I say, if you are the type of person where you say, hey, I want to char, you know, just be mindful of how often you are consuming, you know, foods that have a slight char to them. So, um, third point is, and this is um, kind of going back to, um, you know, the first two. Um, but the first one I mentioned is, you know, if you have vegetables, you know, you don't want to overcook them. Um, but the third one kind of goes similar to that, but this is going to be more so involving like your actual um, serveware or your dinnerware. So like plates. And I know growing up, plastic plates were typically used like at different functions, whether it was a um, barbecue or even going out to an event like the see-through plastic plates. And for me, I am a proponent where I typically like to use the best and, and that to me, you know, is essentially porcelain or um, glass products. So, you know, whether it's like a glass uh, Tupperware dish or even you know, like ceramic or, um, you know, glass plates or ceramic plates, you know, those are what I typically like to use. If it can be used for the oven, microwave, I typically like to use those. Plastics, you have to realize, you know, if you can't microwave it, 
you know, then that would be an issue as well. Because if you can't microwave it um, or even put it in the oven, then that to me tells me that that particular product contains something, you know, especially when it's exposed to heat. So to me, I just kind of I keep that in mind, you know, especially. So if you have foods that are hot, you know, think about, okay, if, if and what I'm putting it on, is it able to be put in the microwave? Is it able to, to be put in the oven? Is it also able to be put in the dishwasher? Because if it's not going to be heat tolerant, why would I put hot food on it? And so even just in the past, using plastic plates, you know, that's just a no-no, especially when it comes to hot food. You know, when I see a plate making a face at me when food is on it, that typically tells me all I need to know about that. So, you know, case in point, you know, again, if you want the best, um, I would, you know, recommend really investing in some um, higher quality um, plate products, you know, for your home or even um, glassware. You know, they do have glass Tupperware um, dishes. Typically, most of them that I've seen, you know, they can come with the the bottom, you know, so whether it's um, square, um, circle, rectangle, even small shapes and sizes, um, even big enough to where you can put a chicken inside of it or vegetables. Um, but they also come with lids, and usually most of the lids can tend, tend to be plastic. Um, but I usually like those because, again, you can put them in the oven, you can put them in the microwave, um, and you can also do them by dish. Um, dishwasher or you can hand wash them um so that's just something you know like i said that i've done is you know really just doing like a haul you know of all the plastic tupperware get out and get in with the glassware so that's what i'm doing so that's the third tip um, when it comes to cooking um or slash preparing food um another tip and i know some people probably won't like what i'm about to say but another tip when cooking is you probably want to minimize the salt addition. And the reason why I say it is because, again, salt is going to be in mainly a lot of foods that you're consuming. So if you're already consuming a lot of processed foods, which I, you know, would recommend you consider reducing that, you know, for your overall health. But if you're already consuming a lot of processed food, 90% of the time you don't need to add any salt. Yeah, especially if you're concerned about your daily intake. Trust me, if you consume a lot of processed foods, you are getting your recommended sodium amount, and you're actually probably getting two servings. Uh, you're probably getting double of that. So, recommendation is: I know sometimes it's easy to do like the dash of salt that is shown on the back of the packages, whether it's pasta or rice, but you also want to be mindful of that. Okay, high blood pressure does not occur overnight, you know, and um, by you taking, you know, this mindful approach, you can actually reverse it, even if you don't or know you are aware of having it. Um, you know, it's just something important for you to consider when cooking. Um, and to go with that, um, and this is probably like a, a 4.1 point, but um, to go with that, um, or I guess this would be point number five, but um, when you're using certain oils, I typically like to use olive oil um, very rarely, but I may use like a coconut oil. 
And typically, it used these because of the higher smoke point. And so I know coconut oil tends to have a higher smoke point. I'm not sure if it has a higher one than olive oil, but the smoke point essentially is when you're cooking the food. And of course, when it gets to a certain temperature, it starts to smoke. And typically, the higher the smoke point, the better it is for you to use in that particular oil. Because again, what happens is, you know, that oil can essentially oxidize and it can cause smoking. That's not good for you, especially when you're cooking. And so you want to make sure that when you're using certain oils that you can use those. Um, I like I like to use olive oil um, because it's, it's a good type of fat. Um, I'm not sure if some people use avocado. I haven't explored that, but if you do, nothing against it. Um, but those, these are just two oils that I typically use. Olive oil is the primary, primarily one that I use. I haven't used coconut oil as much in terms of cooking, but if you were going to use any cooking oils, I would recommend those um, ones to have higher smoke point, as well as the um, fat content to determine, you know, if it has a higher saturated fat content or, you know, monounsaturated fat or polyunsaturated fat content, um, because those are different, you know, in terms of how they can, you know, affect the body, especially with long-term use. So those are five, um, kind of doing like a recap. First one is, you know, if you want um, to, healthy way of cooking your vegetables. Um, you can opt for steaming. That's typically what I like to go to, but I know most of the times if I'm busy, I typically just go with boiling um, or of course microwaving. Even though I, you know, if I had more time, I would do both, you know, steaming and boiling a lot, but sometimes, you know, in terms of a busy schedule, go with what is going to be a little bit more convenient, but, you know, I still also make the effort to do the steaming the boiling um when it comes to grilling you know make sure that you can protect your food from a lot of smoke especially if you're eating a lot of um, grilled foods or barbecued foods um you can use um, pla um not plastic wrap but you want to use aluminum foil definitely don't want to use plastic wrap but you want to use um you can use aluminum foil to wrap up your foods um and it will create like a very um nice um protection around your food as well as cooking and like i say i enjoy it I don't get a lot of smoke in it, just a little bit, but um, I still enjoy it. It's, it's almost like it's as if I cooked it inside, you know, whether it's on the stove, in the oven, but without all the char. Um, third tip was, <clears throat> you know, out with the plastic and with the glass um, in terms of like um, plates or um, Tupperware. And I typically like to use those just because of the quality. So, and then the fourth one was you know, being able to be mindful of salt addition because when you're cooking, you don't need a lot. And, and also thinking about reducing that. So, because <clears throat> sometimes you may um, cook like soups, which I know contain a lot of salt. Um, and different pasta dishes, um, it's usually salt heavy, but you may want to consider cutting back on the salt because again, if you consume the salt and you don't keep just any idea of how much you're consuming daily, it could come back to really be painful for you. So you want to be mindful of it before you go to your doctor's office because, um, you know, I'm sure any news about high blood pressure is never any pleasant news. So, you know, these are just some things for you to consider. And then the last one, <clears throat> um, 
forgot the last tip was. <laughs> but um, man, I actually forgot what the last tip was. But I, because I know I've shared a lot. But um, anyway, so that was on that. Um, oh yeah, the last one was on cooking oil. So typically, I like to use olive oil because of the smoke point. Um, and if you're cooking at high temperatures, you you typically want to cook at a lower. The lower the temperature you're cooking at, the better. Um, but typically, I know between olive oil and and um, coconut oil are going to be the best oils in terms of cooking it. You know, based on their smoke points. And I think coconut oil may be higher. Don't quote me on that because I have to go back and look at it. Um, but yeah, those are just some of the tips. Um, there's many more. Um, and again, there's many more ways that you can cook, um, prepare food. Um, but these are just five ways that, again, you can consider to use or implement. If you say, hey, you know, I want to look at some better ways of cooking or just my health, something's just off. Hopefully these five can really give you some ideas. And if you want, I can give you some bonus ones. So like I mentioned for Tupperware, like glass Tupperware instead of plastic Tupperware or plastic plates. You can also do the same for your utensils. <clears throat> and I've had experience with just not the best utensils. Sometimes using the utensils, picking up hot foods, and it just bends back. And I just had to throw that away because I was like, I'm not eating that. Not me. And so typically I like to go for like the stainless steel, the, the heavy duty, you know, I'm not sure if they make glass utensils, but typically I like to go with um, sturdy metal utensils that are going to have a longer durability um, as well as um, they don't rust easily, um, but they do provide a um, kind of like great longevity um, as well as use. So I typically like to go for those like stainless steel utensils or even serving utensils. Plastic is, so, is just so cheap inaccessible to get and so i tend to avoid those you know unless i'm using like cold foods but still i like to get some quality ones so you know it's important that you can also look at that like some quality utensils um even like glasses like um drinking glasses or um you know wine glasses not that i drink wine but i just like to use it you know with um drinking water or just um, preparing some of the foods that I have with like different spices and so I tend to just use those um, glass bowls so I mean these are just things that you can consider you know when you're cooking and they can also help you know if you say hey you know I want to have a lot of plastic exposure you know there are some alternatives and it's actually a lot more than what I'm sharing so I hope that you enjoyed this segment if you did make sure you give a thumbs up like follow this page and also make sure that you follow us on excuse me follow us at robody.org that is robody.org make sure you sign up for our emails i'll be sending our email content to you and this is just going to bless your life because you know as i've shared with you here do the same thing for our emails sharing some great content for you um, that you can apply in your life as you see fit again None of this is telling you what you should do. It's just a recommendation for you to consider implementing. So again, make sure you um, give us a like, thumbs up, follow us, even share our content. Um, if you enjoy this content, trust me, um, I, I do want to hear your feedback. You know, if there's something you say, hey, Jerry, 
I would like to learn more about this or hear more about this, uh, feel free to share. I'm always open to um, just feedback. So make sure you leave a comment. You know, I won't bite. I won't come after you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not that type of person where I really take a lot of comments, you know, to heart. But, you know, I do want to know any feedback that you have. Feel free to share it. And um, until next time, I will see you later. And I hope that you enjoy this week.